Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Hey, before we get started, click on over to entrearchitect.com slash meetup and reserve your free ticket for our annual live event celebrating the small firm architect community. That's entrearchitect.com slash meetup. Go there now, and I'll see you in Las Vegas. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 270, and this week I'm with Brian McCartney of ArcMark, and we're talking about how to build a brand as a small firm architect. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, ArcCAD, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at ArcCAD.com and FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. Brian McCartney, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks, Mark. It's really great to be here. It's it's good to have you here. This is this will be a fun episode. We're we're going to talk about something that you and I are both very passionate about, and so we're gonna we're gonna try to hold this down into a into a manageable size <laughs> of a podcast. But we can definitely go for hours because you and I have already clicked pretty well off offline here. So uh, let me introduce you to our listeners. Um, with a lifelong love of architecture, Brian McCartney studied graphic design at Ohio University, um, and Brian's career has included roles as creative director for Unilever North America and chief operating officer and lead creative for BBDO Worldwide in Zurich, Switzerland. So some big, big companies with some serious uh, influence. He's managed numerous projects for Fortune 100 companies in the U.S. and throughout Europe, and has played an important role in establishing internet strategies for major brands, including Calvin Klein Fragrances, uh, Elizabeth Arden Cosmetics, General Motors, Lipton Foods, and many, many more. Uh, today, Brian is managing partner and chief idea guy at ArcMark, a branding and marketing company for architects uh, based in Estero, Florida. And that's why he's here today, because today we're going to talk about marketing and branding and all the good stuff that all you guys and ladies love to talk about, because I know that you like marketing. Um, it's the thing that, that we all want to talk about, right? We want to know how best to get our messages out there. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, 
I want to hear Brian's story. So Brian, go back to where you discovered your passions for architecture and marketing and what inspired you to do what you're doing now? Sort of share that story of your journey to where you find yourself today. All right, Mark. Well, uh, so growing up, my grandfather was actually working in uh, construction quite a lot. So uh, I was kind of brought up around job sites. Uh, my grandfather worked on uh, very large scale projects like building hydroelectric electric dams and wow, that must uh, have been cool. The highways, kid. yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. The big machines we were around. Big machines, big equipment, and I've always, I've always had this kind of, uh, you know, deep place in my heart for uh, construction and uh, uh, heavy industry. Uh, when we worked in Switzerland, I, I worked with a big, a couple of big uh, international uh, industrial manufacturers and and so forth. So I, I've spent a lot of time around job sites and. Uh, Architecture kind of came into play when I moved to Chicago. I moved to Chicago right after uh, school, uh, after studying at Ohio University. And just being in Chicago, being around all those great buildings, uh, I, I really just fell in love with architecture. I, I actually even thought of going back to school to become an architecture at one point, uh, become an architect at one point. And um, uh I, I always was looking for ways to get involved in architecture. And uh, when we moved to Estero after living in Switzerland for 12 years, uh, we, we actually had occasion to work with a few architects. And I really, I think for both me and my wife, my business partner, uh, she, uh, she and I just agreed that we had a great experience working with architects that got our process I think our processes are very aligned and um, it was just a really great fit. And so that's why we decided to start focusing on architects. And so you're very, fo you're very uh, involved in the local AIA, right? In, in Florida. And, yeah. and how long you, how, how long you've been working with architects? So we've been working with architects now, well, I'll broaden that to say AEC, but um, I think we've been working in that space now for about three or four years. Mm -hmm. And um, we've gotten involved in the AIA uh, here in Florida in the past couple of years. And actually I'll be speaking at the Florida State Conference this uh, July um, uh, for the AIA, so. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's it's cool getting involved with the, the 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 local chapters and just getting to meet everybody and and learn more about their businesses. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you and I have talked offline here, and every time we start talking, we we sort of go off the rails and, and start <laughs> because you know I'm really passionate about marketing and storytelling and branding, um, and it's one of the things that we've been talking about here at, at Entree Architects for years. Um, the importance, we, you know, it's one of our, our um, framework foundations that we actually, we have a process of, it's called Entree Architect Framework. Right now we're in the first yeah. trimester of the year. We're focused on financials and profit. The second trimester, which is right now where we're probably, this is probably going to air in the, in the second trimester. We're going to talk all about marketing and sales. And so that entire trimester, we're going to talk about um, branding and marketing and sales and all of the storytelling stuff that goes along with it. And then the final trimester, we're going to talk about planning and productivity and talk about process. And so um, this is fitting right into that middle middle piece of that, that framework. Perfect timing. And I think it's so important because those three things, those three things, if you sort of focusing them down to the bare minimum of a, a healthy, strong business, you have to have profit and financial management you have to have marketing and sales, some sort of promotion, and you have to have process with planning and productivity. And so this is a critical piece to our success. And if we're not doing it right, because I think we're all doing it, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to do marketing the best we can. We're trying to attract clients that we want. Uh, but, but if you don't do it right, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. And so that's why I wanted to bring you on today and, and sort of talk about um, the process of marketing, but, but most specifically to talk about branding. And what branding is, mm -hmm. and w what should we be doing to make sure that our messages are being told properly? So, can you sort of talk about the framework that you have developed uh, at ArcMark, and and then how branding fits into that? 
Yeah. So, uh, well, one thing I want to say is that uh, I don't know who said it. I, I, I can't claim uh, ownership of this, but uh, somebody said uh, recently, it was maybe in the last couple of years, I heard somebody say this at a, a presentation and they were talking about how, you know, no matter what business you're in, nowadays you're in a branding and marketing business and i think that's very uh cogent it's 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 very uh good advice to adhere to no matter what we may believe uh, uh our a lot of our business success and it really relies on those those core issues and uh what we've looked at is uh three specific areas for architect marketing and branding and um where we start is with the build module. So the build module really is about establishing your brand and uh, building your marketing hub, which is your online presence, basically so you can tell your story and get your story out. Uh, we then transition into the lead phase where we build authority and um, uh, help you kind of uh, 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 lift your voice in the in the in the crowd and and amongst the noise online. Uh, to to really uh, underscore your relevance and um, uh, position your firm as kind of a go-to uh, in your, in a specific niche or area of practice, and then our third area, third module is really focused on targeting your ideal clients, uh, maybe other influencers, uh, the people that you need to build relationships with uh, to you know help uh, help attract new business and new opportunities to your business. Yeah, the for anybody who's been listening to the Entree Architect podcast for a while, you'll hear a lot of common themes in what Brian just said. Um, we're we're always talking about branding and and your messaging. We're talking very probably you're probably sick of me talking about target marketing. Um, that that finding a specific target and and messaging and marketing to that specific target, um, it's super important stuff. So. Let's Brian. Let's start. Let's start at the beginning. What is brand? Sure. What's what's the, what's my brand? Well, um, I think uh, uh, there's a there's a graphic that I'll I'll include for you uh, to include in the show notes. But I think the basic idea is you know uh, understanding branding. You know, if we advertising, marketing, PR, and branding. You know, advertising is when we're talking to uh, large amounts of people. Uh, uh, marketing is where we're having more one-on-one conversations where we're really trying to develop those relationships and, and bring in the right people. Uh, PR is where we're getting others to talk about us. Branding is kind of a, a, a umbrella over all of those things. And, and even more than that, you know, it's, it's how you look, it's how you talk, it's, uh, what your employees feel about, uh, working at your company. What branding really is in its essence is that it's the perception that you want others to have about your firm. That's, you know, there's no simpler way to say it, but it's that perception. And, 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 Branding is really the act of trying to create that perception, uh, trying to influence it so that uh, so that you're seen in a certain way. And, and that and that sort of that's at many, many levels. We can we can talk about branding in terms of our individual firms. We can talk about personal branding. We can talk about the branding of our profession and the story that people Absolutely. already have and the understanding of what we do or the misunderstanding of what architects do. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's, it's from, from what my perception of branding is, it's, it's a story that you want people, which is exactly what you said. It's the story that you want people yeah. to, to, to have of you because they come to you with a story already in their mind, right? They already come, they mm-hmm. come to you with influences from outside and they're, they're coming to you as an architect or a business and you need to sort of right. redefine the story that's already in their mind. Right. With architects, right. a lot of them, especially small firm architects, a lot of them are coming to, to you. A lot of your clients are coming to you with the story of HGTV and, and DIY TV and what architects do there. Totally wrong, typically. Um, and so you right. have a lot of work to do as an architect to sort of uh, redefine that story. So how do, how do we how do we start with that with that process? So we actually, there's several phases to our process, uh, process for branding. Um, where it all starts is, uh, 
you know, what we kind of, we, we refer to it, we, we kind of called, have called it core values, uh, is really where we start is, uh, we actually have an exercise that we do in a kind of workshop setting. We bring in the stakeholders and, um, we have, uh, we have a deck of cards, uh, believe it or not, uh, we have a deck of cards and on that, on those cards are, are, uh, usually two opposing, uh, words. And we go through a process of sorting these cards in different categories in terms of how we feel or how we want to feel about our business. And usually it takes, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. There's a lot of arguments and discussion <laughs> along the way. But what we end up with is we end up with a very basic vocabulary to start with. And that that's usually the start of our branding process with a with a firm is getting down to the core essence of, you know, how are we going to define ourselves? What What's really important to us in terms of uh, terminology and, and, and perception? So with these, so that's where we begin with the core values and going through those words on those cards. Are they selecting words yeah. that you that they want people to uh, to perceive them of as, or are they sort of yeah. um, picking words that appeal to them and what they want to be? Which which we really try we really try to focus it on what how they. So there's there's many different sides to this this kind of exercise, and and at the core, what we want to get to is all right how do you define yourselves now, you know, and, and there's, there's that aspect of it, which is the, you know, where, where are we currently at? We usually go through that process in discovery, which mm -hmm. is our, our, our initial phase before we do that branding exercise. Uh, during discovery, we really kind of sift out like, who are you now? Once we get to that workshop with the cards, uh, we're really looking at like, what, what, what do we want to be? Um, and usually there is, sometimes there's a disconnect, at least in maybe one area or, or maybe in many, uh, but we, we look at like, what are we really aspiring to be? And that's what that exercise, that core values exercise is really about. When you say core values, what are you talking about in terms of what, what type of words and what type of ideas are you talking about getting to? Well, we're really talking about words that help describe us. So, uh, for instance, uh, you know, I have cards that are like, like they have words like daring or, uh, sophisticated, uh, uh, industrial, um, there's words like, uh, relatable, um, savvy, imaginative. We're looking at words that describe us and, and, you know, who we want to be. Mm -hmm. So that's. For, for us, that's a really great exercise because it really gets at to, it helps us cut to the core of like, uh, what, is, what is it that, what is it that this business really wants to be about? What is this firm? How do they identify who they want to be? And that, that process is really key because it, it, it gives us that an initial foundation of where then we can go and start thinking about, okay, they said they want to be experimental and they want to be, uh, uh, respected or something like that. We'll take those words and then start building out, uh, phrases and, and other, uh, aspects that can help us start to build their messaging framework. And that's for us, that's the most important part of the brand is what are we really saying and what are we really trying to communicate? Uh, what is that perception that we're trying to create? Yeah, that's a very interesting exercise, the, the core values exercise, because not only are we selecting words that we that we want to be, that we want to be perceived as, we sort of we want to define who we are through these words, but in that process where you have a physical deck of cards and you're actually picking words that you that you that appeal to your to, to your firm that that sort of gets pushed to this pile and say, okay, this is what we want to be, but at the same time you're also right. pushing other words to another pile. Oh, this is this is That's what we exactly right. This is what we don't want to be, and so you're defining two things. A, you're not just defining what you want to be, yep. but what you don't want to be. Right, and there's actually four categories. So there's there's the what we want to be, there's the what we aren't, 
there's the what we're not sure about, and then there's the what doesn't apply. So some words just aren't relevant, you know, and right. uh, so we want to we want to eliminate those. Uh, but what's really key to the whole process is getting enough of the what we want to be and the what we don't want to be to get a clear and, and clear kind of vision of what it is we really want to start thinking about and saying. Right, because the next step is going to be a lot easier if not only do you know what you want to be, but you have a clear idea of what you don't want to be. Because now you could Absolutely. just you could just scrap all of that. You know, now you know that that's yeah. not anything that has yeah. to do with those words in that pile. We don't want anything to do with that, yeah. and so we can just focus on this stuff. Yeah, and that's really critical because uh, I think you know if if you were to if you were to like. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of people have misconceptions about what branding really is, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's your logo. And that's the typical answer for 95 percent of people. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, your your logo should be an expression of that perception that you're trying to create. You know, it all goes back to that. And these cards really help you uh, get to the heart of that. You know, what is that perception we're trying to create? Um, obviously there's more pieces to the puzzle that we, we go through, but, right. um, it's, it, that's where it really starts is having that, that, that understanding of, yes, we are this, no, we don't want to be that. And, uh, just that simple size. I mean, I say simple, it, it usually is, a uh, there's a lot of discussion and, and it's interesting to see the, the discussions that will form around words that you think are completely innocuous or, or, you know, don't have any relevance at all. And people get hung up on things like that, but that's, that's where the, that's why there's yeah. uh, my wife and I are in that exercise so we can guide that and, and put those things aside and then say, come back to them and, you know, Hey, how's, you know, is this really still that important? Right. Cause you I know. can imagine that some of those <laughs> so, words are, are, are tied to their identity as people. You know, mm-hmm. this is when I read that word, that's me, you know, and maybe yeah. when it's when it's personal like that and it doesn't really tie into the brand and the message that you're talking about doing, then there's becomes that conflict that, that this is who I am, but that's not the story you want to tell. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think that's where a lot of owners get hung up actually in the exercises that, you know, they'll, they'll bring their team members in and then all of a sudden they're having these clashes over words and, 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 and then we, We'll just draw it, dial it back a little bit, and we will ask that question: Are you referring to yourself as an architect, or are you referring to the firm? And you know what's more important here. And uh, usually, usually that helps to clarify things. Yeah, very interesting. So, so, so once you have these this pile of core values, what's what's the next step? What do you do with those? So usually we we go back and then uh, we 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 uh, we kind of assemble that information. Uh, then we go through another exercise. We actually have um, that's uh, really talking about the brand personality. So once we have these words, we kind of have an idea or a clue uh, what what the next step is uh, or what what the next um, options are. So we we look at. Uh, different brand archetypes. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but there are different archetypes. There's like, I think 60 archetypes that have been defined. What, what does that I mean? Can, Just I give can... us an idea of what that. What so that an archetype is like a, a model of, of what a brand represents and, 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 and kind of how it's perceived. So you might have a archetype that is, let's say the, 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 the hero brand, right? Like let's say the, uh, the army, Right. That's yeah. a that's a hero brand. Right. You know, um, then you have uh, an art, uh, maybe an archetype that's more like uh, uh, the wise sage. Right. So that that'd be more like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. Yeah. So you have different archetypes that kind of describe different perceptions that we want to have about different brands. So uh, there's other archetypes like the boy next door, the girl next door. There's romantic archetypes like uh, Tiffany's or uh, maybe a luxury hotel, things like that. Um, so what we're trying to do then is we're taking those words and we've, we've got this vocabulary. We kind of have this idea of what they're for and we kind of look at how those words align with specific archetypes. So we, we, we kind of try to 
uh, we usually try to see the this the next phase, which is called brand alignment, um, with with those words and with some archetypes types that we think fit. And then it's a process of kind of discussion and uh, uh, usually elimination where we we look at different archetypes and we say, you know, does this fit with the idea that you have or the the kind of feeling that you have about your 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 company or your firm? And that process just helps us to kind of dial in on a specific archetype, uh, you know, uh, sorry, specific brand personality. So we're really, you know, really trying to define, uh, you know, kind of the, the personality really has an influence over look and feel how we're speaking, uh, you know, cause are we having an authoritative voice or are we having an inspirational kind of motivational voice? Um, those are differences between, you know, maybe a sage and maybe a, a hero brand. So we want to, we want to kind of get alignment with our, 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 uh, our client to decide like which personality they feel fits best and that alignment process, then that launches into another phase where we actually look at messaging so that that alignment process is really dialing in what, what archetype, what, what personality do we, are we really trying to represent with this firm? And sometimes, sometimes it might be a mix, but uh, usually it's, it's, usually it's pretty obvious where they want to be. And uh, that gives us a lot of clues about how to move forward. So preferably in the, in the brand alignment phase, or you're, you're looking for one archetype. I, I know you said that maybe sometimes they're a mix, but the, the goal is to like find the one, right? Ideally. Yeah. And, because and, it makes it, it, yeah. make, it makes it a lot easier <laughs> to, right. to, uh, to measure how, we're, uh, you know, to measure how the messaging is fitting and how the, how the look and feel is fitting is if we, if we, if we have one archetype. In your experience with architects, do you find that, that that's difficult for some of us to pick one archetype? Because, you know, a lot of us are sort of wanting to be many different things to many different people where many of us want to be that generalist. They don't want to pick a target. And so, you know, by defining one uh, uh, personality or one archetype uh, that sort of, you know, maybe in their minds limits them to be what they want to be. Oh, I love this discussion. This is, <laughs> this is what I live for. Um, so, uh, so it's all about what, you know, th- that perception that you're cr- trying to create, it has to be aligned with an audience, you know, and if you're trying to be everything to everybody, Good luck with that. And I, I know there's a lot of architects out there who probably cringe when I say that, but it's it's true. You can't be everything to everybody. And so you do have to sometimes make some tough decisions and you have to you have to pick a corner to be in. Um, that doesn't mean that you're going to eliminate things. Uh, we have this discussion all the time. And and the thing is, is that you can be known for something or you can be, you know, a generalist and not be known for anything. And, you know, it's, it's usually a pretty clear choice. So what we try to do is we really try to focus on, you know, what are we really trying to be? It doesn't mean that we say no to projects that we really want to do that aren't within our sphere of expertise. You know, if, if you're focused on, uh, doing office spaces or, you know, uh, helping, uh, doing commercial work and, and so forth. It doesn't mean that you're going to turn down a residential project. It just means that that's what you get known for. And that's what you, that's what you build your expertise on. Um, so yeah, that, that process of selecting, uh, uh, uh an archetype, I don't, it, I, I haven't had the experience where it's, it's been that difficult. Usually it's pretty clear. Uh, and, and because we've done the core values part first, we, we have kind of a benchmark to say, you know, that, that doesn't really fit with what you told us you wanted to be perceived as. So I, usually that process is pretty simple. I, I, it's, it's not as, I would say the, the core values part can be a, a little bit more tumultuous in terms of those, uh, those discussions, those deep discussions. Yeah. Once we get to the alignment part, it's usually it, it's usually pretty obvious, I think. 
So a lot of those conflicts that I was talking about happens earlier. So by the time you get to brand yeah. alignment, you've already sort of clarified what yeah. that message, or not the message, but to clarify, you know, who you want to be and what, yeah. what you want to be perceived as. Yeah. And the archetype, you know, selecting an archetype and, and, and getting that alignment is really more a process for the client. You know, we usually know once we get the core values done that, uh, okay, they're, they're a hero brand or they're a, they're a sage brand. Um, that, uh, going through that brand alignment, alignment process just helps them confirm that, yeah, this is the right fit and that's the, the direction we go. And when we do that brand alignment, we actually present them with kind of mood boards of what that archetype type might look like and what they might say. So usually when they see that all together, they, they get it, you know, they, yeah, we said this, that's what we want. That's how we want to be perceived. Yes. This archetype kind of matches up with that, that impression. And we, we want to go forward with that. So, uh, it, it's a helpful process because it prepares them for the next phases, which is the, the messaging and the visual identity part. So, yeah. I, I could imagine that at the end of the, um, the, the brand alignment phase that the people that you're working with are probably pretty excited that they see that mood board yeah. and they, and they see their, their core values sort to solidify into something real that this brand is starting to, yeah. to come together. And it's like, yes, that's us. That's who we are. And now we just yes. need to get that message out to the rest of the world. Right. Yeah, usually that's the point where they go, great, you're going to have this done tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're right. like, no, yeah. no, no, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Just like our clients yeah, do to huge... us as architects. You yeah, push, push exactly. the design like, button. You, yeah, you show them the, 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 you know, if you show them like a, I don't know if you use mood boards or stylescapes or anything like that, but, you know, you, sh you start to give them that taste and then all of a sudden they get really hungry. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they're like, I want it now. Give me the steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, it's an exciting yeah, moment. Yeah. It is. It is definitely. We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, Arcat, and FreshBooks. As you get ready for the AIA conference in Las Vegas. You don't have to gamble when it comes to finding great product information. Don't take chances with user-uploaded BIM files. Use RCAT's free library of families created by professionals. Why settle for generic or old CAD details when RCAT has up-to-date drawings of real products? Don't roll the dice with an old specification from yesteryear and hope the products for your project are still available. RCAT has a powerful search engine and free, constantly updated information. That's RCAT, A-R-C-A-T dot com, RCAT dot com. And make sure you visit their booth at the AIA conference in Las Vegas. That's booth 5735, 5735. And listen here at Entree Architect podcast coming up in the next few episodes for more information about a free special event happening with Entree Architect at the RCAT booth on Friday, June 7th. You won't want to miss this. Again, write it down. That's booth 5735 at the AIA conference under the big red A. Do you remember when you started your small firm? It was no small feat. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, and the occasional all-nighter, maybe. Bottom line, You've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners like us. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it for free for 30 days. No catch, no credit card. Free for 30 days. Visit EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks 
and enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks. RCAT and FreshBooks. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. So what, once you have that alignment and you're you're all set with that, the next step is messaging. You said. So yeah. what do you? How do you do? How do you take it to the next level? So uh, we take it to the next level with uh, a process we call the Story Canvas. So this is a uh, framework that's based on uh, storytelling. Uh, it's based on the uh, hero's journey, and what that process does is it helps us uh, very clearly align. Um, or very clearly dig into, like we and we do this. We do a, a story canvas per audience. So if we have multiple audiences we're communicating with, we'll we'll do a different story canvas for each audience. But really, what we do is we dive into, you know, who it is we're talking to. What are their pains? What are, what problems are we trying to solve for them? Uh, we talk about what the process is that the client needs will need to go through to uh, be able to get what they want. Um, so, so basically, the the idea of this story canvas is to really map out on on one page the uh, the the journey that the client takes to you know, we call it transfer, transform. They're going, they're going through a transformation phase of where they don't have what they want to where they have they, what they, what they want. And so we, we build that messaging to kind of, um, scope that out. And, and then that story canvas document really is like our tone and voice document. It helps us define what we're going to say, how we're going to say it, how we're going to explain things on the website. Uh, there's a thing that we look at uh, at every website. Anybody who's gotten a website report from me, a, a website audit from me, gets this page and it talks about the grunt test. The grunt test is when you go to your homepage and you, there's there's three questions that have to be answered. There's first is, you know, uh, what do we do? Uh, why should the visitor care? And what are they supposed to do next? And if you don't answer these questions very quickly in like those first few seconds, the the tendency is most people will bounce from your your website. So that messaging really uh, helps us get at uh, find the grunt test, uh, 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 defining a process for the client, and then painting a picture of what the outcome will look like for them. So that when they start to go through your website, they're really getting a very clear understanding of what it is you can do for them and and how that's going to help them and transform their lives. When you you said uh, that you develop a story canvas per audience, and mm -hmm. so we're if we've selected one archetype and we've selected a target market that we want to uh, work with, there multi there may be multiple audiences within that target market, right? So. Maybe right. we're doing residential work and we're working with young families and we're working with retired couples, two totally yep. different audiences looking for the same product. So how, how does that work? So usually what we'll do is um, if that's the case and, and you know, we, we typically do uh, advocate that we have one clear target audience for the homepage. But if that's the case, what we might do on a website is we might we might create a, a, a homepage that says, are you looking for this, this, or this, and give them some choices to, to steer them to uh, a page that's more targeted towards them. So that, that would be a typical way that we would satisfy that. But usually in, in most cases, we're looking to really hone in on a single audience. So with, with the story canvas, what type of, I mean, are, is that like, phrases and pictures what does that sort of look like what does this yeah, story it, canvas look like it it it's a well it's 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 basically it's it's a it's to describe it visually it's just a it's a, a document with different columns and, and different sections and in each section we're we're basically writing out uh statements uh maybe bullet points even 
uh, to really, the, and these are like starting points for our actual website content or marketing content. Um, it, it's really the what we call a foundation document. So once we have that document defined, uh, everything that we do beyond that is really we we go back to that document and make sure that it checks a box that it aligns with what what was said in that story canvas so that the messaging is clear it's consistent and that we're you know we're, we're getting it right so it's a very does, important document does it include things like colors and logos and those kind of things no. too or is that something totally different that, that would be separate. That's the, the, the story canvas is really about the messaging only. Okay. For, it's about for words and words and feelings. Yes. Yeah. It's statements, written statements. Okay. So after we go through the, the story canvas process and the messaging phase, um, yeah. what do you, what do you do with that? So now you have this canvas, you sort of know the messaging that you're going to be using. Um, what's the next step? So the story campaign would be the basis for writing, let's say, uh, website copy or marketing copy, as I said. And uh, so typically the next step, uh, once, you know, in our process, after we get the message, the story canvas done would be the messaging stage where we actually develop the content. Um, but in terms of the branding part, uh, we would normally, if we were doing a brand for a client, we would normally go through uh, the visual identity uh, process uh, once we get the messaging established. So that process, uh, I mentioned a mood board earlier for the archetype. Where we start with the visual branding is creating a, a some people call it a stylescape, others call it a mood board, but we would uh, create a, a visual reference document um, uh, um, so we're not defining specifically what the brand look like. What we're giving is references and ideas about the fonts that we could use, the colors that we could use, um, uh, visuals that might, uh, might be in alignment with our architecture and, and the perception that we're trying to create. So that, that's a really important process for us because getting that mood board uh, to a point where the client says, yes, this is this is really what I'm looking for. That is then our springboard for defining all those other pieces, the, the logo, uh, the um, uh, the look and feel for the website, uh, the templates that we're going to create for business cards and stationery and, and any other, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it even comes down to like t-shirts and hats and things like that. So, uh, so that, that storyboard part is, is really important. Usually then once we've completed the, or sorry, the mood board, once we've completed the mood board, then we're looking at, uh, the logo, if that's part of the, uh, the, the assignment, the logo, uh, usually where we'll start, we start with the, what we've created in the mood board, then we'll develop, uh, some different ideas based on that for the logo. Um, that's usually, uh, a presentation type process where we'll, we'll go, we'll create some, uh, some options. We go through a process internally where we're doing some selection and uh, elimination. Then we come back to the client with uh, maybe two, maybe three at the most uh, options that we think fit with the mood board. And then uh, usually have some discussions about that and uh, maybe some revisions are involved. But then we have a logo uh, and uh, from there we can start building the other pieces. So does that, now that you have this sort of the, the visual identity completed, um, mm -hmm. would, yeah. would building the, the website be the next step? Is that, and does that typically, is that part of the branding exercises or does that sort of start moving into the marketing side of it? Is the branding, well, it, is the branding it, it, over it with the visual identity? Um, that's a good question. I mean, the way I look at it is that the website is definitely an extension of the brand. Mm -hmm. So it has, it, it's a vehicle for the brand. 
Um, I, I think that there are marketing aspects of the website that we need to consider, but really the, the, the message, the clarity of message, uh, the clarity of, uh, of visual identity is really important for that website. It, it really needs to be extension of, uh, building that perception. So plays a huge role and certainly comes under the umbrella of, uh, branding, but then you start to also get into areas of marketing like uh, lead generation and uh, um, uh, landing pages uh, for offers and things like that that are, are also important parts of the website. So it, the website really, for us, the website uh, of all of the things that we do is probably, uh, for most of our clients, one of the most important parts of the puzzle. I mean, the brand is certainly the most important, but when it comes to how you're communicating and how you're getting your message out, your, your website is really key to that. So it really does straddle both that, that, you know, that need to, uh, help guide the perception you want to create, but also to help, uh, help, help, uh, generate the leads and help generate the, the activity that you want, uh, to be able to, to, you know, capture new business. Yeah. So. The website is, I would say is the most important piece of the whole puzzle because it, it's even more important than your physical space that you're working in because it's the, it's literally the first place people go when they, when they, somebody refers yeah. you to, to, to a friend or um, the first thing that friend is going to do is go to Google and search to see who you are and what you do. And that, that first visual impact of that website is going to tell a lot of the story immediately without even reading any words. You're going to look at it and they say, oh, that fits or nope, that doesn't fit. Um, and then yeah. the, the next step is they're going to dive into the to content a little bit, um, but then they're going yeah. to want to know what to do next, right? And, if, and right. many architects, and I think this is shifting because I think architects are learning the, the, the necessity of this is that it, many architects are using their website as a portfolio, that they put all of their architecture yeah. on there, and it's just a place to send people to see their architecture. And that's yeah. where it ends. And you know, Maybe they have their phone number on it or an email link, but um, it's really a marketing tool, right? You want to get people, once they're there, yeah. they want to, you want to define your brand and, and have the, the right messaging for the right audience, but then there needs to be some sort of call to action to take that person from somebody who's just inquiring about who you are to the next step, right? And so how does, right. how does that, and I know that starts getting into marketing more than branding, but how, does, yeah. how do those two things work together? Well, if you think back, you know, we, we've talked about uh, the, uh, the, the, the values of the, of the brand. We've talked about the personality. We've talked about the message. All of those things need to be a part of that download or, or that landing page that is converting people. Um, you know, you can't just do a, do a, uh, you know, 90 degree turn and say, well, let's, let's do something different, uh, for our, uh, our download, uh, which I've, I've seen quite a lot of that actually in my day, but, um, uh, you really want to make sure that all of that stuff is cohesive, that it's consistent and that it's, it's, you know, giving the right message. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no way around it. Uh, once you, once you start, uh, once you start going off in different tangents, uh, that's, that really becomes a, a kind of a, a hurdle and, or, or not a hurdle, but it, it, it's an obstacle for people. You know, they go to your website, they've heard about you. Uh, they got this great recommendation, uh, uh to you from a friend, they go to your website and, and they, see something that's completely incongruous with that or or they go to a landing page and 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 hear a different message coming from you that's that's going to be uh that's going to cause friction in in their in their mind they're going to be like wait a minute this doesn't match up with what i heard now one of the things i i i forgot to mention is that we also in that branding process you know you get that you get the logo done, you get the messaging done. Then we also create what's called a style guide or a brand guidelines document. That brand guidelines document really is key because let's say you don't work with us. Let's say you go and work with somebody else on your website. And that's often that's the case because you got an existing relationship or something like that. Or maybe you, uh, maybe you just want to get some cups done and you got a printer that you've been using forever and, 
and, and, and whatnot. So having that style guide, that style guide is something you can give over to those existing relationships and say, hey, we've defined our brand now. These are the guidelines that we're using to go forward. And so that that really is a key component to keeping that consistency. And usually with that, um, you know, that messaging that we talked about, the story canvas, that will go along with that, usually with some notes about tone and voice and how we're speaking and uh, and and the audience that we're speaking to. So those yeah. are, that's a really critical piece as well. Right. So every touch point, every touch point where you, yeah. that your potential client interacts with you and your brand, whether it's your website or when you're meeting them in person or you're putting together a proposal yeah. or whatever it is, it should all be... Um, informed by this process of branding that even the documents, the contract documents that you're using can be branded in a way that is your, you know, your, your personality, your message that you're talking about. And, and, and the real, so the, the thing is, is that I think what we forget sometimes is that uh, is the importance of differentiation right? Like, how am I going to stand out in the crowd? Your brand is really key to that. Uh, the more, the more specific and the more narrow you can define your brand, the more unique you can make it, the more you're going to stand out, uh, the more that people are you. Um, that's another great argument for focusing on a niche. You know, like I said before, uh, if you, if you are an expert at something specific and something narrow, uh, you're in a lot better position to uh, to dominate that market over over the competitors that are just going out there and say, oh yeah, we do that. Yeah. So yeah, and th- and this is just the, the beginning, right? I mean, we, you you talked about two oh, more yeah. steps in, of of lead and attract, um, but maybe we'll come we'll have you come back to to dive deeper into some of those. Uh, this has been a super interesting and very informative episode. So Brian, thank <laughs> you very much for for sharing your knowledge here. Um, on on branding at the Entre Architect podcast. Uh, yeah, this has been a great discussion. I'm I'm happy to uh, talk about this stuff with you anytime. Well, before <laughs> I think we both have a really deep seated love for all this stuff. Yeah, I agree. Before we wrap up, what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Um. I, I really, you know, if, I guess I'd have two answers to that, but uh, one really quick way is just raise your prices. Um, I think that's one of the things that most architects are most afraid of doing, but uh, I think that's, uh, you know, uh, gaining more profitability and security in your business is really key. And I think raising your prices is one of the easiest ways to do that. Um, we uh, we went through the same same angst ourselves uh, a couple of years back. And, um, you know, we just realized, yeah, we're just, we're just, you know, and, and a lot of times we just weren't charging for the things we needed to charge for. So, uh, that's a, that's another, uh, another little tip. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, that would be my one thing. All right. Well, you can learn more about Brian and Arcmark at their website, arcmark.co. So it's ARC, it's A-R-C-H, like architect, A-R-C-H-M-A-R-K, like Mark LePage, M-A-R-K, arcmark.co. You can connect with Brian on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. He's all over social media. We'll put links to everything, including the website and social media on the show notes. This is episode 270. So the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 270. So Brian, before we wrap up, this has been a super interesting conversation. I love talking about this stuff. Um, and we'll definitely have you come back and talk, talk more about this because, uh, I enjoy it and I know you enjoy it too, but is, um, I know you have some, something to offer our listeners. If you wanted to, uh, talk about that a little bit and how, how you might be able to help some of these people, uh, take the first step in, in putting together their brand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, one of the, 
one of the initial ways that a lot of uh, uh, firms work uh, find out about us is uh, by going to our website and uh, requesting a free uh, web presence audit. We put together a report. We actually, this is the same report that we did when we reviewed uh, more than 400 and counting. We're still going uh, for more than 400 Florida AIA architecture firm websites. And uh, in this free report, we really reviewed key factors of an architecture firm's web presence. So we'll look at homepage engagement, that thing I called the, the grunt test earlier. We look at uh, web performance, so speed, uh, SEO, search engine optimization, mobile responsiveness and security. And we also look at the, your search rankings. What are your top keywords and business listings? So that's a free report. We're happy to provide to any architect who wants it. Uh, you'll go to our website, uh, www.arcmark.co uh, slash entrearchitect, and you'll find that link there. All right, cool. So arcmark.co slash entrearchitect. We'll put a link on the show notes for that as well. Uh, again, it's episode 270, so everything will be there. It'll be nice and easy to find. Um, Brian, I really enjoyed this. Thanks for uh, coming and hanging out with us and teaching us about branding at Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks so much, Mark. This has been great. Check out entrearchitect.com slash episode 270 for links to everything Brian shared with us today. He shared a whole bunch of things. And there's a bunch of resources over there at entrearchitects.com slash episode 270. And while you're at it, share that link with a friend, entrearchitect.com slash episode 270. Hey, if you are attending the AIA conference in Las Vegas, or, or even if you're not attending the conference, but want to connect live with fellow Entre Architects, then listen up. On Thursday, June 6th, June 6th, 2019, Entree Architect is hosting our fourth annual small firm meetup in collaboration with our friends over at Charette Venture Group. We're doing this live in Las Vegas on June 6th, 2019. You don't need to be attending the conference. So even if you're not going to the conference, you can still come hang out with us. You just need to want to have a good time and finally connect live with the people you communicate every day with at Entree Architect membership or over at the Entree Architect community on Facebook. We're a family. We're a bunch of friends. Let's go hang out and meet up in Las Vegas. This is the annual celebration of our community of small firm architects. So don't miss it. To learn more and to reserve your free ticket, you have to reserve a ticket. Reserve it at entrearchitect.com slash meetup. That's entrearchitect.com slash meetup. Hey, if you are an entrepreneur architect who runs or owns your own small firm, then yes, you are an entree architect. And I encourage you to go build a better business so that you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. I really mean that. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges. 
demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.